0: Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by Sup China. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. Halloween may still be some days away. The past week, though, has definitely witnessed some serious tricks and some treats. 13 factory employees have gotten busted for fudging emissions data. One Chinese billionaire has had to eat an $18 million loss, but on a brighter note, Huawei has scored a contract to establish what it calls the world's biggest energy storage project. With all the news that counts, here's your weekly roundup from China's world of business. We kick off with the latest on the energy shortage. China's top economic planner met with the nation's leading coal industry association and major producers to discuss measures to stabilize record prices in the latest step by the government to ease a nationwide power crunch caused mainly by a dearth of fossil fuel. Officials from the National Development and Reform Commission, NDRC, met Friday with the China National Coal Association and the coal producers, to, quote, discuss reasonable prices and profit levels in the industry and studied ways to prevent profiteering by coal companies, end quote. That's according to a statement from the agency, which did not name the companies in attendance. Since late September, many parts of China have suffered severe electricity shortages that have forced factory shutdowns and blackouts, with a plunge in coal supplies, a post-pandemic boom in product exports, and the government's energy consumption reduction campaign, all contributing to the ongoing shortages. Turning now from a power crunch to a cash crunch, China Estates, the Hong Kong real estate company controlled by billionaire Joseph Lau, sold bond holdings in Kaisa Group at a 35% discount, thereby joining a sell-off of the Chinese property developers' offshore bonds. While Lao's company accepted over $18 million less than it paid for the securities, Chinese Estates said the sale provides immediate liquidity and allows it to reallocate the proceeds to other investments. Lao, who is a longtime backer and poker buddy of embattled China Evergrande Group's chief Hui Kai Yan, Xu Jiayun in Mandarin, has also been absorbing huge losses by cutting his stake in Evergrande as the developer's debt crisis escalated. China Estates said earlier this month it could lose over $1.3 billion if it sells all its shares in China Evergrande. Last week saw Internet giants Alibaba and Tencent further tear down the walls that divide them. Caixin has learned that shoppers buying goods on Alibaba's Internet shopping platform Taobao will soon be able to share their shopping carts on group chats and Facebook-like moments pages in China's most-used social media app, Tencent-run WeChat, for the first time. Alibaba told Caixin that it is testing the new function and expects to launch it October 27th, ahead of the annual Double Eleven shopping festival, which is China's rough equivalent of Black Friday. Tencent declined to comment. The possibility of sharing Taobao links with groups in WeChat marks the latest development in Chinese internet firms' response to regulatory demands to stop blocking each other's links. China internet giants have for years blocked rivals' links or prevented users of their apps from using another firm's payment service to stymie the growth of their competitors. But cracks started appearing in these walls after the government demanded that internet firms stop such practices, saying they harm users' rights and disrupt the market. In big Huawei news, one of the company's units has recently won a contract to help build what it says is the world's largest energy storage project in Saudi Arabia. The news comes as Huawei seeks to expand beyond its core telecommunications gear business. According to a company press release, the project will be capable of storing 1,300 megawatt hours of energy off the grid in Neom, the planned city on the Red Sea coast, that Saudi Arabia aims to turn into a center for global clean energy and the green economy. TikTok has also been making the headlines last week. Executives from the short video sensation will attend a U.S. Senate hearing to testify about how social media platforms can protect their young users. The October 26th hearing is part of a series that the subcommittee has scheduled about Child Safety Online. It follows a hearing earlier this month that put Facebook and its effect on underage users in the spotlight. The news comes as TikTok is facing criticism in the U.S., where its promise to protect user information, especially that of minors, is still under scrutiny even after President Joe Biden, in June, withdrew a Trump-era executive order that sought to ban new downloads of the app. Now, moving on to something very different. Beijing has denied a Financial Times report that said China had tested a hypersonic missile earlier this year. The Chinese Foreign Ministry is calling the incident a routine test of a space vehicle. Citing five unnamed sources, the Financial Times had reported that, quote, China tested a nuclear-capable hypersonic missile in August that circled the globe before speeding toward its target. Two of these sources said that, quote, the test showed that China had made astounding progress on hypersonic weapons and was far more advanced than U.S. officials realized, end quote. However, the Chinese Foreign Ministry says that the test was intended to, quote, verify technology of the spacecraft's reusability, end quote, adding that several companies around the world have conducted similar tests. In other major news, 13 people working for an iron and steel company and a third-party monitoring company in North China's Hebei province are on trial for allegedly falsifying environmental monitoring data. The story reflects on how authorities have ramped up efforts to punish polluters. The employees at Tangshan Songting Iron and Steel are accused of fabricating production records by manipulating monitoring devices in March when the city of Tangshan launched an emergency response for heavy pollution, and the local environmental authorities ordered the company to halt production. Meanwhile, the three former employees of a third-party company are said to have helped in the fabrication in exchange for money. According to the indictment, the company allegedly violated regulations by continuing to produce the metals during periods of heavy pollution, emitting pollutants including sulfur dioxide and nitrogen oxides. Five of the thirteen defendants are also accused of bribery. The court has not yet issued a verdict. Let's turn now to Tyson Global's companies journalist Manuyn Zhou, who joins us to talk about big developments in China's gaming sector, especially when it comes to restrictions on underage players. Yuin, welcome, and uh, maybe you can start by telling us why Beijing is getting so strict when it comes to children's access to online gaming.
1: Sure. China's recent crackdown on minors' gaming habits comes around the same time that the country has introduced sweeping new rules to ease the educational burdens on school children. So, when this clapdown on afterwards tutoring industry happened, many experts also speculated that the gaming industry could be the next target. And indeed, a similar time of this was happening, an article on the state-owned newspaper Economic Information Daily was published. The article warned about the spiritual opium of game addiction. Soon after this, the national press and publication administration released new guidelines that said online gaming platforms can only allow underage players to play from 8pm to 9pm Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, and public holidays, and never during the school week. The Chinese government has been worried for years about children playing video games excessively. The big concerns are how gaming could disrupt children's study or about cases where kids have stolen money from parents to fuel their gaming habits. Some rules are already in place. For example, online platforms must request users register with their real name and identities. They are banned from selling online services to minors. And the companies must limit how much time children are allowed to spend playing games. But the new rule is the strictest one so far. Back in late 2019, the State Administration of Press, Publication, Radio, Film and Television released six main measures, of which one laid out detailed playing time limits for minors, saying the operators should hot services for people under 18 from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m., and minors should normally be limited to no more than 90 minutes of game-playing time per school day or three hours on weekends and public holidays. It was a big deal when the rule came out in November 2019, but the new rule is far more strict.
0: Okay, and it seems like the government has tried to close another loophole when it comes to minors playing games online. Uh, Can you tell us about that?
1: Sure, after this strict restriction were rolled out, some state-owned media like Xinhuanet discovered that underage users can just pay for authorized adult gaming accounts to play the online game. For instance, vendors from Taobao can offer game account rental services at prices as cheap as 3 yuan an hour or 30 yuan a day, and their services cover many popular games. As a result, last week, the cyberspace regulator announced that it would target such online vendors that sell or lend accounts to miners. By targeting, I think it means they will just shut down any vendor accounts that they discover to be selling or renting game accounts to miners. So, in fact, last time when I checked online for such game account vendors, almost every product page now seems to have a disclaimer saying that Miners are prohibited from purchasing.
0: And how have the game companies themselves been coping with all of this?
1: All of this has caused a bit of drama in the sector, and investors have gotten spooked. For example, when that state newspaper first criticized the so-called spiritual opium of gaming addiction, shares in firms like Tencent, NetEase, and Bilibili soon plunged as much as about 15% or so. But the companies are also trying to restore confidence among investors by saying that miners are not their main customers. For instance, NetEase says that less than 1% of its revenue comes from things. So I guess the new rules doesn't necessarily mean it's got to be game over for those businesses.
0: Well, thanks for joining us and for filling us in on the story, man
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Taishin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Tyson Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Tyson Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. If you want to listen to our extensive back catalog of podcasts or check out more of Tyson Global's great journalism, then download our app or head online to CaixinGlobal.com. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SupChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at SupChina.com.